Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76, where we help B2B manufacturers grow through revenue-focused marketing programs. When you hear Great Depression, what comes to mind? For me, it's mobs of frantic people outside of banks, dried out farmland, and dust storms across the Great Plains, Dorothea Lange's famous migrant mother photo, all black and white imagery from a past era almost a century ago. But when you say Great Depression to my guest today, her thoughts go not back in time to the 1930s, but instead forward to the not-so-distant 2030s. This economist's firm has been analyzing economic data and trends for decades. And in this conversation, she'll tell you what they see on the horizon, both in the short term and six to seven years out, as we head toward the 2030s. Let me introduce her. Jackie Green is Vice President of Economics at ITR Economics and has been serving ITR's clients since 2005. During that time, she has contributed to the company's forecasts, publications, and thought leadership. Jackie has worked with many of ITR's clients in a one-on-one capacity, as well as delivered keynote addresses on multiple continents. Jackie earned her bachelor's degree in economics and finance and is finishing an MBA with a concentration in international business. Jackie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's great to have you. And um, we've got some really interesting topics lined up here. Uh, But for a little bit of context for the conversation, can you tell us a little bit about what ITR Economics does and specifically what value you're creating for the B2B manufacturing leaders that make up the audience of this show? Certainly. And... You may have to cut me off because I fully admit I love what we do and I will go on and on about it all day. You can talk about it all day if you'd like. (laughs) Short version, we're an economics forecasting firm. That sounds really boring at times to some people, but at the same time, you'd be amazed how many people stop me and keep asking questions once they learn that. I got an econ degree thinking no one would want to hear anything more about what I have to say, and apparently that was wrong. What we do is we get to help businesses know what's coming next so they can plan better. They know when they're going to have recessions. They know when they're going to have periods of growth. They even know how high they're going to grow, which of their markets are going to grow, and which ones are going to contract. So we get to help them see that coming and help them build strategies that are going to enable them to be profitable in good times and in down times, which is really very rewarding to be able to know that you're contributing to helping businesses thrive in the world of economics and the economy grow and flourish. Because we also recognize that it's not just a company, it's all the people within the company. So we know when we help this company grow, that's all the people who work there, their families are being fed, their families are growing and prospering. And that really is a very rewarding thing to be able to say you do. Plus, it's really cool to get to work with all these different manufacturing firms and see all the things they make. And, you know, then you're out in the world and you're like, oh, I know them. I know who makes that. And It's all the different pieces and parts that make the economy and the world work. And it's fascinating and rewarding all at the same time. 
I'm very nerdy about it. <laughs> I can relate to to that last piece in particular. I mean, it's that's been my my world for well over a decade now, working kind of with mid-sized B2B manufacturers. And you learn about sub-industries and sub-sub-industries that you never knew existed and mm -hmm. how the supply chain works and who's involved where and um, you know, all the things around you that you kind of just take for granted or never think about and you learn where they came from, how they're made. And so it's, that's, it's all very interesting. So I can, I can see where you're coming from there. I figured you'd be able to relate. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Well, Jackie, I hear a lot of varied opinions out there about sort of what's going on in the economy right now. You know, we're recording this in early July of 2023. But as far as, you know, what's going on with American manufacturing, what's going on with the economy? Some people tell me things are booming. They've never been better for them. Others are sort of, you know, expecting a slowdown in the second half of 2023 and maybe into 2024. And, um, this being your world, uh, understanding you know the economy, where it's going, trends, I'd love to hear your perspective about what you're seeing. Well, short version is they're both right. All of them are right. I mean, there's a lot of different businesses in different parts of the business cycle right now. And it's not one of those big, heavy cycles yet where, you know, in 2008, 2009, when there was this great recession time period, everyone went down, everyone felt the pain sort of thing. It was so widespread. We're not at that point of it being quite everywhere yet. There are definitely pockets of the economy that are feeling that pain now and others still booming. And so it's important to know which of your markets are going to thrive when they're going to hit their downturns so that you can be planning accordingly. And so you really need to use the different leading indicators and know which of your markets you relate most strongly to when the lead time between those markets and your business. That's one of the things we do is we figure out based on where you are in the business cycle by looking at your sales, your revenue, whatever metrics you use, we then compare it to industry norms or the benchmarks for your industry or lean indicators that are specific to you so that you have a very solid idea where your business is going so you can plan for it. So we've done that same thing for the overall macro economy. We'll look at the lean indicators. We look at what the trends are. And what that's pointing out is manufacturing in particular we're going to focus on the industrial side of the economy, but even within the industrial side, the manufacturing sector has been really starting to waffle through the first half of this year. And we are expecting it to really start weakening further during the second half and full on recession during 2024. That's going to be a fairly widespread event through most of the manufacturing sector. Different parts of it are going to feel it a little differently, as I talked about. Some of them have been feeling that pain earlier. And for lack of better phrasing, and this is probably not going to be the right one if you're a Peloton person, but we've been calling it the Peloton effect. Um, think about during COVID. There were so many people who bought Pelotons and they bought all these things that they were going to do in their homes because they couldn't go out. The RV industry has fallen susceptible to this too. There was a huge spike in RV sales, but now it's all coming down in those industries because people are going out, spending money other ways. So they're having recessionary pain now. Whereas some of the other markets that didn't go through those huge spikes during COVID, but kind of a more normal sort of business flow are going to fall back into the normal trajectory of things and really see more of their recession in 2024. Mm -hmm. So that's why you're seeing some of those differences now. It's kind of depending on where you are and who you relate to. You know, if you're relating more closely to the housing market, because manufacturers selling directly to the housing market, you're more likely feeling that pain ahead of some of your colleagues too, based on what they're selling into, just because we've seen the pain in that housing market 
that's nearing an end, at least for them. So they're going to start seeing some of the recovery trend sooner. So like you said, you're seeing it in different ways for different people. And we sure are too. And that's why it's the big picture. Second half of 2023 is going to be weakening. 2024 is more recessionary. But we do see recovery for 2025. There's a risk to that, though. I'm going to say we do see recovery for 2025. But one of the things we're watching very closely is the inverted yield curve. So I'm sure that's one of those things that everyone was very aware of when it was happening. It's still inverted. We're particularly watching the 10-year and the three-month inversion. That one has been the most reliable that we've studied across all these different inversions. And because it is still inverted, it is a risk to the forecast. So if that stays inverted into 2024, it presents the risk that we could see that the recession in 2024 goes steeper or deeper or even less a little longer into 2025. So that's one of those things to watch for very closely and carefully. And one of the things we're watching very carefully. It's not the only indication and it's not a guarantee, but it's it's a risk out there that everyone should be aware of. Interesting. Are there areas in manufacturing or verticals that you know manufacturers serve that you would expect might do better or worse than others in the next you know year and a half? Food production is one that's going to be generally doing well. It's still going to have a little minor bit of a recessionary movement in there, but overall it's going to do well. This is an recession that's not going to be very steep. So it overall, even though we're saying it's going to be recessionary. It's not going to be like 2008, 2009. It's really going to be very mild. So some things that are going to do well are the things that people continue to need. You know, you need your food, you need your household products, you need the basics. Those are still going to do very well because people are going to be cash strong enough to continue spending on those. What you might see are more the the luxury items that, and I don't mean luxury items like your Louis Vuittons. I mean, the upper echelon Income levels will generally come through this recession just fine without a hit to it. But if you are someone who normally buys the higher level brand at Target, you might end up buying the less expensive Target brand during this time period just to save a little money. And that might be some of those differences you see in there about where it's going to see some of the strength, but still see a little of the weakness too, depending on which side of that coin you're on. Price sensitivity is going to be pretty important for a lot of consumers during the next year. Oh, that's really interesting to hear. So Jackie, some of our listeners might be thinking, okay, that's great information. And, you know, glad to hear a perspective on this. What can I do about this for my business? So I'm curious what advice you can offer there. Well, there's a lot you can do with this for your business. Um, for one, and not to be too blunt, but if you're not sure, feel free to give me a call because <laughs> uh, this is what we do. We love to help people know where they are. And this is what you need to do. And whether or not you call me, by all means, please figure this out. Figure out where you are in the business cycle. You need to know how you relate to U.S. industrial production, which is the benchmark for the U.S. economy. You need to know how you relate to your key markets. And by doing that, you need to figure out where you are in the business cycle by using a rate of change, not just looking at your revenue. So that's really where it starts, is know how you relate to your markets. So you really have a solid idea of when this recession and the ultimate recovery are going to impact you. But also... Thinking it through to the next step is when you know when those things impact you, know how down you're going to go. You need to really have a good solid forecast so you know what to plan for and how much recovery. Because depending on where you are in your markets, you could see that this recession in 2024 and then the recovery in 2025 
brings you back to today's level of activity, or it could bring you to an even higher level of activity. So with that in mind, you know, typically during recessions, you see people cutting staff and you see them making other cutbacks. But if in 2025, you know, you're going to have a greater need than even today, do you really want to cut back on the staff that you've worked so hard to train when we still have such a hard time finding good quality team members? So that's why it's really important to know not just that there's a recession coming, but how down is it going to be for you and where's your recovery going in 25 so that you can really make good long-term decisions, not just for the next few months of a recession, but what you're going to need on the other side. Jackie, I'm curious, do you do you see companies that are able to weather the storm during a recession and and like do they do sometimes come out stronger as you kind of hinted at is possibly based on the fact that others don't make it through and there's less standing just kind of curious uh, I will tell you that's one of my favorite things about my job is we get to help people find those new markets those areas that are going to grow better so that they can put their resources more heavily towards those or so that they can be actively looking for acquisition targets so that they can outperform during the down cycles. I love that part of it. And to your point of, can we help people? Yes. I mean, to put it very bluntly, we still get annual Christmas baskets from clients who credit us with saving their business during recessions because we gave them enough warning so that they could make the hard decisions ahead of time. And they have come out stronger. So it's, yes, you can always see what's coming and plan for it so that you will be better positioned than your competitors and really ride that storm a lot stronger. Okay, let's take a quick break here. I want to let a couple of our strategists at Gorilla76 tell you about something pretty cool that we're doing right now for marketing folks in the manufacturing sector. Peyton and Brendan, take it away. So I'm Peyton Warren. And I'm Brendan Forrest. Twice a month, we host a live event called Industrial Marketing Live. Right now, we have a group of 50-plus industrial marketers from a variety of manufacturing organizations that meet up digitally to learn, ask questions, network, and get smarter. Every session has a designated topic, and one of our team members at Gorilla76 opens up by teaching for the first half hour or so. Topics have included how to do a better manufacturing webinar, getting started with paid social on LinkedIn, how to optimize your website for conversions, creating amazing video content, and so much more. After we break it down, we open it up to Q&A so we can help you apply all of this in your own businesses. This is pure value, no cost, no strings attached, no product or service pitches, just a 100% unadulterated learning experience. And on top of these live sessions, we've also opened up a Slack channel where attendees bounce ideas off each other and learn together between sessions. We're building a true community of manufacturing marketing professionals here. So if you or someone at your company has the word marketing in his or her job title, please consider telling them about it. They can visit industrialmarketinglive.com to register. We'd love to see you there. We're shifting gears here for a second, Jackie. We're, we're not too far away from election season again. And you were telling me in a previous conversation that ITR's data suggests from the standpoint of economic health, it doesn't really matter who wins the White House. That was kind of surprising for me to hear. might be for some of our listeners too. I'd love for you to unpack that a bit. I always feel like I'm really coming off disheartening to people who feel like their vote matters. And your vote still matters. I don't mean to sound that way whatsoever. So please continue to vote. Uh, ITR is completely unbiased, nonpartisan. We are apolitical across the board. We just study the trends. So please take it with that grain of salt, uh, that Sorry, without waiting. Um, but bear in mind, every vote still matters. So our analysis through the U.S. history has been that 
Uh, it doesn't matter who wins the White House. That's whoever's in the office, whether it's red or blue, it does not change whether we enter recessions or it doesn't change whether we have recoveries or periods of growth. The business cycle is already in motion before someone is elected. And realistically, it takes time for any policy changes that they're enacting to really shift through the economy and have that impact. I mean, think about the infrastructure bill that Biden pushed through within the last few years, right? That was big news. It's a lot of dollars. But then when you start breaking it down, it's a lot of dollars spent over many years. And given the overall size of the economy, it takes time for that to really have a big impact on things. So votes still matter. Who's in the White House still matters long term for different policies, but it doesn't change the economic cycle. It's not going to push someone into recession or cause us to grow when we wouldn't otherwise. Uh, the economy is too big for that to really be the case. So, Jackie, you said something on our last call that made me completely stop in my tracks. And I know that for a number of years, ITR's long-term business cycle data has been forecasting not a recession, but a second Great Depression beginning in the year 2030. You got to tell us more. Hey, you're just going to think I'm all sorts of Debbie Downer material here. <laughs> we talked about how voting and now this. Um <laughs> The reality is, yes, we expect a Great Depression-type scenario in the 2030s. And I'm going to be very careful to make sure everyone really hears me here. I'm not saying it's January 1, 2030. I'm not saying it's January 31, 2030. I mean, there's going to be some wiggle room in there. We'll close in on the date as we get closer. We've been saying this for about 15 years now, so it's weird to look at the clock and see, okay, we're actually only about seven years out. So we are really narrowing down that time frame. Latest look is more like 2029 is when we start hitting that peak, actually. But again, we're going to keep narrowing that down as we get closer. The big picture thing for you to be aware of, though, is we are expecting a Great Depression type scenario in the 2030s. Generally, the first six years of it is our expectation. We have a webinar that Brian Bolio, our chief economist and CEO, just did in July. It's fantastic. It has a lot more detail on it. I highly recommend it. The thing to be really mindful of is we're saying Great Depression, and that sends shockwaves through everyone. I want you to remember that even in the 1930s depression, 25% unemployment, whatever the case may be, I mean, that's still 75% of the country employed, okay? there, It's a big problem. It's a big issue. It will cause pain, but it doesn't mean the end of the world. So that's why we're letting everyone know now so that you can really know how it's going to impact you and plan accordingly so that you and your family come out stronger. I don't know how many of you have kids who will be entering the job market at that time period. I know mine certainly are, and I have been trying to steer them to careers that will fare better during the Great Depression. I love them. I want them to be well-maintained, but I also don't want them living with me forever. So that's why I'm really trying to steer them to careers that will be thriving during that time period, as well as making sure that my own financial goals are aligned to that so that I'm able to protect my retirement and all my funds. And that's what businesses can be doing too, is really allocating their resources towards those markets that will fare better. And even if you don't sell directly to that, find ways to sell to someone who does sell to that market. And that's where you really want to start aligning yourself. You have still six or seven years to get prepared for it. So you have time to make those decisions and make those plans 
but it will come upon us faster than we realize. Hmm. It's amazing how those things keep creeping up closer and closer. So I, I know by the time this um, episode airs, the the webinar will have passed, but and we'll direct everybody to it here in a, in a moment. But can you give us a hint uh, at sort of what what are some of these factors that are sort of converging that have you know it's it's obviously a, a very bold statement to say there is a depression coming and it's only six seven years out. What are some of the factors that are sort of converging or things that are happening out there that would would lead you even as as you know as long ago as seven or eight years ago um, to say this is what's what's ahead in the twenty thirties. I think it was in 2015. It was 2014 or 2015. It's been long enough that I don't necessarily remember. Brian and Alan Bolio released a book called Prosperity in the Age of Decline. And that really goes into a lot of the details about why this Great Depression scenario is expected. The webinar, as you talked about, is going to go into some of that as well. High level, mm-hmm. some of the items to be mindful of are... Demographic trends, right? We have an aging population here, which is going to put more drain on our social programs, which is going to mean we're going to have to increase taxes or increase our funding to the government other ways. I mean, it's going to be a drain on the system. We have inflationary pressures. Right now, we're in this disinflation period, but the overall expectation is that inflation is going to be building again through the rest of this decade after we get through this recessionary period. We have a system that is going to be too hard to continue supporting. And it's not just here in the U.S. In the U.S., we are fortunate enough to have a positive demographic trend, even with this aging demographic. But other countries around the globe are not as well situated for that. So they will also be feeling the pain during that time period where they will have a lot of people drawing on the resources as people are retiring and not enough people to be backfilling those jobs and the roles behind them to support the system. So this is not a US-centric problem. This is really going to be a global issue that we are seeing unfold. Hmm. So, you know, you mentioned um, earlier as you think about, okay, well, what are the things I need to start thinking about right now as a manufacturing leader? um, You mentioned, you know, thinking about the the markets, the verticals you serve, and the ones that are are maybe going to be more resilient through a period like that. Is there anything else actionable that you can advise, even at a high level, manufacturing leaders on, um, you know, with this kind of on the horizon? Something I would really recommend is look to what markets you can align with so that you are better positioned for the 2030s. Uh, like I mentioned, there's that aging demographic. We spend a lot of money on healthcare in this country. We spend a lot on medical equipment. What you can do to be aligned to the medical and healthcare industry is going to be a way to help protect yourselves during that time period. It's not a guarantee. It doesn't mean you won't feel some pain, but you will not feel nearly as much pain in that industry as you would in some other industry that is easily said, you know what, I don't need that sparkly thing right now side of things. So being aligned to things that people are going to need and really can't live without is going to be some of your ways to protect yourselves. Uh, Historically, uh, alcohol also does very well during long periods of decline because people continue to find ways to just still feel good about themselves. So that is another industry that typically does well. People need to continue eating. But like we said earlier, they might not go for the more expensive option. They might go for the less expensive option. Some of it's going to be making sure that you are 
not the most expensive option out there. Or if you are, you need to be very clear about why you are worth it. So this is going to competitive advantages and really knowing what value you bring to the market and what your what your customers truly value is going to be really important during this time period too. All good advice there. Jackie, how can our listeners access the recording of your webinar about the 2030s Great Depression? Uh, if you go to itreconomics.com, uh, there's a whole link to all the past webinars we've done, including this one. So you can look in through all the different topics available if there's something else that catches your eye. But there's a whole section on there that just lets you look into the Great Depression scenario, other issues. We do a lot on manufacturing as well. So there's going to be a lot of content you might find very beneficial. The other option is also always feel free to just give us a call. If you don't want to go looking through the website, want to just go ask straight to the source. Our phone number is 603-796-2500. Give us a call and we'll just get you hooked up and not put you through any hoops either. We're happy to help at any point in time too. There's a lot that's coming at you and we want to help you be prepared. That's really what it comes down to is you can weather any storm as long as you know that storm is coming. Well said. Well, Jackie, this was a really interesting conversation. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of the Manufacturing Executive. You've been listening to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. <laughs>